fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fight Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode number 77, and this time around, I had the great pleasure in getting to know two very talented tattoo artists out of the Calgary area. Before we get into that conversation, though, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube and you would prefer audio only, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and other places like that. If you're listening to my voice right now on one of those platforms, though, and you didn't realize that there was a visual side to this show, please come check it out here on YouTube. If you do come over to the YouTube side of things, I would really... Really appreciate it if you consider hitting that subscribe button. Obviously, you don't have to, but I love making this show. And to me, the best part is connecting with new viewers and new listeners. So if you have supported this crazy endeavor of mine in any way up to this point, or you're just jumping in right now, thank you so much because your support really does mean the world to me. Finally, if you want to reach out to me, maybe you've got a cool guest idea for the program or some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up on social media or send me an email at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. If you're messaging me, let me know if you have any interest in one of these holofoil stickers with the show's logo on it, and I will send you one free of charge. Now, back to this episode. These guests were so fun to talk to. I'm talking about Carrie Anderson and Tony Croxon. Now, as I mentioned, they are tattoo artists out of Calgary. Carrie is an established tattoo artist, and Tony is her apprentice. But in addition to that, they are also each other's significant others. So I thought that made for a really fun interview dynamic. And uh, as I said, just such lovely people. I consider them fast friends. As soon as that conversation was over, I couldn't wait to hang out with them again. I hope we do it again. Uh, And they were so nice in indulging all my questions about the tattoo industry, from proper cleanliness and sterilization practices, to how the pandemic affected them, to fads in the tattoo industry. We talked about so much stuff, and it was really eye-opening. So I really hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed talking to them. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks again. Uh, I have definitely some fun questions for you guys. I haven't gotten a tattoo myself in over a decade, but I do very much appreciate the art form and, you know, the opportunity to express yourself as an individual through tattoos. So I wanted to start off, though, because Carrie, you've obviously been doing this longer since Tony is your apprentice. Um, I wanted to know, how did you initially get into it and decide you really wanted to pursue tattooing as a career? Well, I actually, um, I was a barista for seven years before I started doing it. And I started working for this company called Tokyo Smoke. Oh, nice. And I got hired as the lead barista, but you kind of got to be all for lying to customers and like upselling their stuff. And Mm. I personally didn't believe in it. So I got fired for not being able to sell a pipe that doesn't work. (laughs) Um, But I ended up ending, (laughs) I ended up winning this contest with a local shop, which was where I apprenticed at, but I won't name it because it didn't end very well. Okay, fair. But uh, what ended up happening was I got like 14 hours worth of work done from armpit to armpit. And then my ex-husband was like, why don't I just buy you some stuff? And I was like, okay. And then the guy who was tattooing me was like, well, if you're going to learn, I'd rather you do it here and not just like, you know, at home on your fuzzy blanket with your cat. And I'm like, well, don't judge, but that'd be dope. But I get it. So, yeah, it was just that. And then it was like a lot of um, I've been drawing my whole life. And like I would take ballpoint pens and piss off my dad by like drawing on my jeans and my skin. (laughs) And I'd come home with like Sharpie all over my arms. And when I got hired as an apprentice, I was like, oh, people actually want my work on them. That's dope. I guess I could do this forever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've always been visually artistic, so it's, you know, it's maybe a long time in the making, but, um, okay. Well, I, first of all, I think it's cool. Cause you were like, can Tony come on too? And you guys are, are in a romantic relationship as well. I understand. Yes, we are. Yes. Okay. So I was going to say that's a bold move. Cause this is going to be on YouTube forever. Not unlike getting a tattoo of your spouse. Um, so I actually wanted to ask you what you think of that when people get, uh, their spouse's tattoo. Uh, I'm personally like, I, I'm personally not comfortable with it. Like I don't tattoo someone's like spouse's name on them. I'm like, I don't want to be offensive and it's not a judgment on you. I I just personally don't want my work to inevitably be covered if slash when things Mm. go wrong. And it's like, (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. It, it, with tattoos, they're permanent and you have to. So I've actually, you know, talked people down and out of maybe getting, well, I want my boyfriend's name tattooed three inches above my nipple and like the girliest letters, letters possible. And it's like, how about you get something you both really like? So if you end up not together, it's like you still appreciate that piece of art. Yeah, somewhere that girl is like thanking you right now for her. Yeah, right. Like, her normal yeah. nipple. <laughs> oh because man. Like, like a good example would be like my ex-husband and I got matching tattoos, quote unquote. Like I have Dan Avidan from Game Grumps tattooed on my bicep, and it says I'm not so grump. Okay. And then he got Aaron Hansen, and it says, "Hey, I'm grump." But because we split up, we both each have this tattoo that regardless of how things ended with us, like the Game Grumps is are always going to be something that I personally enjoy, regardless of what happened with, you know, ex-husband or whatever. I'm unfamiliar with the what you were referring to. Sorry, what is Game Grumps? Is that what you're saying? It's it's, a, it's an online, it's a YouTube channel oh, of cool. two guys playing video games and being really dumb. Oh, nice. Okay. I'll have to check that out right on. But I, I get what you're saying. I do have one of those as well. Uh, my ex-wife and I were on, you know, fabulous terms now, co-parenting and all that, but I do yeah. still have uh, a key on the back of my neck and she has a lock. I don't think she's covered it up, but, but at least with that, it's like, we still have kids together. So I feel like there's still like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. We still have a connection. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Um, I actually wanted to ask because Tony, you being the apprentice in this situation, I know nothing mm -hmm. about what that process is. So first of all, I'd just like to know what is the tattoo apprentice process? How long does it take? Just all the deeds, because I really don't know. And my <laughs> second question more specifically for you would be what has surprised you the most thus far in your apprenticeship? Okay. Okay. Two really good questions. Um, <clears throat> Thank you. For the first one, um, I, I actually don't really know the full answer um, because I haven't actually gone through the full apprenticeship yet. Well, Carrie um, can, can weigh in on that, obviously. Exactly, exactly. Um, but what I do know is um, it's a lot of just, you know, just try it out on some practice skin. Um, see if you can actually do it. Um, if you can do it, then, you know, keep practicing until you get better because, you know, Lining does take some practice. Yeah. It's not something you can just be like, oh, yeah, I do this naturally. No, it's, yeah, it's, um, not, the it's, same. it's, it's not something that you can just do naturally. So um, there was a, a learning curve. Um, but the surprising thing that I found is that I was able to pick it up very quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you adapted because I easily. started in August yeah. um, with oh, wow. just learning how to use a machine. And um, like the shittiest practice skins <laughs> that you could possibly get a hold of. Like I got them from an Amazon, like my apprentice, like $125 pen kit that I got. And I was just like, there you go. Have fun. <laughs> I did not even know uh, of practice skins. It makes sense. Perfectly, I guess, synthetic skin. But I had heard that it was like grapefruits and stuff like that that people did when they were practicing. Yeah, that, yeah that's the ghetto version. Yeah. yeah, basically. Well, it, what the, the what that essentially teaches you is how to work around curves. Mm, okay. Um, it, Interesting. By any by no means is it any sort of synthetic replicant of human skin. Like you can literally feel an orange and be like, "Huh, this doesn't feel like flesh." Well, if so, your skin feels like that, you might want to go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> we call them dermatologists. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, exactly. More specifically, but yeah. these ones, like I, I tend to we we watch a lot of YouTube channels and they get off have like you know these types of things where it's like stretchy and it kind of feels mm. generally yeah. kind of like skin and it like it it works like that's, that's really fine. cool right um, but once once you use it it's done like you, there's no way to yeah pretty much but what you can do is they sell frames and stuff that you can get oh that's neat and all that um cool. but this or pig skin which you can get from a lot of different like asian markets or international markets um which i had him learn on the ears yeah oh interesting ears and <laughs> tattoo those and now that he's tattooed skin he's like this is garbage <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's so interesting though i had no idea yeah <laughs> and uh well that i wanted to mention because i said the ghetto version but i did see you posting about 
uh, criticisms of, you know, what you were calling scratchers, like people in their basement doing like really haggard tattoos and stuff. Can you speak oh to God. that a little bit? Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, guilty. I have one of those that I have had since covered. Um, he managed to mess up the nautical star and it looked gnarly. It was, I was 17 and dumb and I don't recommend it. But like basement scratchers are like essentially what you see trending on TikTok these days where it's like, oh, I got a I got a kit off Amazon and I don't I have no goddamn clue what I'm doing. But I did this hard on my knee. Isn't it cute? Like, oh, oh my God, anyone can do this. <laughs> and it's like, no, the, the amount of time that I've put into just like individual research on infections, bloodborne infections, like. Mm. Uh, in our studio, we wear masks while we tattoo because the idea of now, especially after COVID, it was um, it seems like a not the smartest idea to tattoo over an open wound while you're talking and spitting into yeah. it. That's yeah, even pre-COVID, just any pathogens that might get up yeah. in there. Like, why take the chance? I see what you're saying. Yeah. And then people are like, well, you can't gatekeep tattooing. And I'm like, well, if I watch one video on YouTube for heart surgery, do you think I can just do heart surgery? Yeah. Like, no, there's, <laughs> there's so many factors that go into being a tattoo artist. It's not just, Hey, I figured out how the cartridge goes into the machine and now mm. you just stab it in. Like that's not even remotely close to what tattooing is like. It is weird though, because it's one of those industries where like, at some point you have to take that final like plunge where you're like, okay, it's a real living person and they're here. That must be oh, an yeah. interesting <laughs> you know, transfer from pig's ears or whatever to all of a sudden it's like Fred or, or somebody's dad yeah. in front of you. Or, or mom. Or mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, It must my, be really yeah. exciting the first time. You must have like the adrenaline pumping. Oh yeah. Uh, my hand was, uh, was doing one of these yeah. uh, while trying to run the first line, which is always a good time. I'm sure that's very comforting for the person getting tattooed. <laughs> well, yeah, you're holding the machine above the skin. Like, well, do you like, for the first time, do you get like a friend or somebody I would assume? Oh, yeah. Like I like, cause I've been tattooing for four years now. Um, what I did was I was like, anyone who's a regular client of mine, more than welcome to come get a free piece. Like mm. people that I personally know sit really well or have that attitude of like, yeah, fuck yeah, put Pickle Rick on my shin for no good reason, <laughs> that kind of thing. So it was easy to get him practice ones, but what we've learned so far is that being a male trying to get clients is a little difficult. Oh, In interesting. Start. When you're a girl, it's easy because you just throw your face up there and they're like, hey, she's cute. I'd yeah. let her tattoo. I'd let her prick me, yeah. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. That's a totally as opposed to a guy like, well, there is that stereotype of some creepy tattoo, male tattoo oh, yeah. artists, for sure. And, and more and more, more and more of them are getting called out on social media for mm -hmm. being like awesome. total creeps. Like, yeah, so I've, I've been at the hand of artists like that who like message me after I left the appointment. Like, I want to impregnate you. You're so hot kind of shit like how is that ever a line to send uh, anyone ever i'm like there's a very specific demographic of women that like being spoken to that way and i do not follow anywhere near it like nowhere and so i was like he got called out for multiple people doing that to, to multiple people Good and Lord. it's like you got to be really careful with who you're going to because you literally I could be like, yeah, I've been tattooing for 13 years. You would have no idea unless you like went to look at my Instagram page. Yeah. Because um, at this point, literally anyone could be a tattoo artist. It well, that's funny. I, I was going to ask you if you complete an apprenticeship, do you get some sort of documentation that elevates no, you from I, the scratchers? there is genuine interest from a lot of scratchers i just don't think they have the resources or oh i wasn't trying to shit on them as much as i'm asking oh, no, like no, no. I'm is, just is, is there like a governing body of tattoo you know what i mean you think yeah. there would be like a the national tattoo academy uh, where where there's some sort of like you're official you know well it, it's more like uh, it's like an imaginary thing. Like uh, my, my, my personal experience was I tattooed pigskin for three months. My mentor told me I was good enough. And then I started tattooing people. Like it wasn't even a choice for me. Weird. It was, I feel you're good enough for this. So you do this. And I said, cool, you're going to fire me if I don't. So we'll just do it this way. Um, wow. So when I left, 
what I ended up doing was I ended up reteaching myself a whole bunch of stuff. And now it's like night and day compared to what I was taught to oh. me teaching. Like I never got a congrats. You sat through three years of torture with someone who had no idea what they were doing. Like that's cool. What I have is uh, I have my business license and I have my uh, Alberta health services approval, which is like, I have my bloodborne pathogen. I'm like CPR trained. Like I have everything and I'm too paranoid to not have that stuff. (laughs) That's the way to do it though. Because when you're telling me it's kind of like an imaginary thing, I think that can be, you know, disconcerting for some people, especially with the permanence of a tattoo. Like a lot of people are scared getting their first tattoo. So having those kind of accreditations on your, in your space or whatever, I think that's really going to be comforting for a lot of people. I'm just surprised though. If you don't, honestly, sorry. It's a huge red flag if you don't have those things. Like Fair. it's yeah. literally part of the the business license before you get it. They literally make you sign papers that say, you know, you have to have this up on the wall. That's mm. it. You don't get a choice. You mm-hmm. have to do that. Yeah, as it should be. <laughs> it, it's like if I walk into a tattoo shop and it doesn't smell like soap or like hospital grade cleaner and there's no Alberta health services or any health services or a business license, just walk out. Like, don't even, don't say yeah. anything. Just <laughs> that's yeah. That's all you need to see. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's, it's cool though. Like in the, in the sense that you were saying someone taught you and they kind of fucked up. I'd like to think that in some cases, uh, like you're doing this apprenticeship now that it's going to be done the right way. And it's kind of like a, like a Padawan thing almost, or like karate kid, you know, like I do like that in, in as much as I think that there should be official accreditations. I like the, the symbolism of like passing the torch to the next generation of tattoo artists. Yeah. You know? And that's, and that's where I think a lot of the trends tend to take away from that because it is a very long, long time that people, people in general have been tattooing. It's an all over the it's world. Ancient. Thing. Yeah. Thousands and thousands and millions of yeah. years. They're pulling up mummies that have tattoos of like really neat you know, Peruvian designs mm-hmm. and Mori designs and all that stuff. So yeah. like there are it's- tattoo schools. I'm not for them as like, I'm for them as long as they're doing it safely, of but course. there is a certain aspect of doing an apprenticeship that it, I feel like it has to be one-on-one and you yeah. have to have that focus on what you're doing because you're, you're essentially teaching someone to permanently mark someone for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. and that's not i think something to be taken lightly mm-hmm. no so not at all he, when he started it was more of like a, i was setting up the studio to work and i found all this extra shit like cartridges that expired ink that expired i'm like go for it do it <laughs> and i was like if you want to practice we can get you better skins we can get you better machines and mm-hmm. he was just like you know what i can do this it's yeah. pretty okay so mm-hmm. and that's so, so right i'm just like there you go and he goes so <laughs> i was just like don't push and take your time that's really all you need to know because mm-hmm. like awesome. what i didn't get in my apprenticeship was like i wasn't allowed to watch youtube videos because according to my mentor all youtube videos told you wrong things and all this stuff and and it was like it's a bold you, claim Right. I'm like, I've learned so much watching YouTube videos Mm -hmm. and it's not so much that they're teaching me. They don't teach you right and wrong. They teach you what works for them. And then they say, do with it what you will. Yeah. You can take Um, what works for you. And yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially Mm -hmm. how I did. I'm not going to be like, here, you have to hold your machine this way and Mm -hmm. you have to pack ink this way because that's just not how it works. Like no one is going to hold a pencil or pen the same way that you do. So the expectations have to be dropped. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Every single person is unique. Exactly. And no one can be taught the same way, like none at all. I'm a very like for me personally, it was tell me how to do it and I'll do it myself. Mm. Like, like show me the general idea and I'll figure it out. And with him, it was pretty much the same idea. And he just went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like, like you just hit the ground running. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. just literally just, I, I, I don't even think I could dig out his first skin. Like I, we did a side by side of Mar or Luigi from Luigi's mansion. And it was like, he'd been doing it for months already. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so cool though. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't even think everyone could do what you guys are doing. Cause it's kind of like some people would say, 
you know, don't shit where you eat or whatever, like that working yeah. with your spouse could be kind of, you know, troublesome, but you guys seem to have a great chemistry and, and this is all positivity I'm seeing. Yeah, well, it's, it's more just like, you really got to like who you're working with, which is why I'm like, I have a lot of inquiries from, you know, artists all over the city who are like, well, you have an apprentice now, would you consider doing it again? I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I lost your guys audio. I just lost, I don't know if you guys can hear me, but I lost your audio and now the video is frozen. Oh, Wait, video is back. Audio is not. I cannot hear you guys. Uh oh. Oh, not... there you go. Now I can hear you again. There we go. Okay. We no have... worries. We can always edit it back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so for, just in I case I edit that, you know, something yeah. went screwy. Here we are back yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to know um, what's the weirdest tattoo you've ever put on someone's body? And also, you kind of touched on things you wouldn't tattoo, but I'd like to know like things that you've refused other things. Uh, and also actually in that vein, I was curious, like if someone comes and asks for like a swastika, are there actual laws against tattooing that on someone's body in Germany? Yeah. You can't have that kind Ger of, well, that makes sense in Germany, you're, but it should be everywhere. Like, you honestly be surprised how often that inquiry gets asked. I was actually just telling Tony and his client earlier, like one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had was this Iranian guy came mm -hmm. in and he was very aggressive and very rude. And he's like, I want ISIS across my chest in old black letters with a swastika to go right here. And I'm like, fuck no, there's the door. Have a nice day. Like, Wait, no. are ISIS and swastika even like, aren't those conflicting? Probably, I would assume. <laughs> you, like, you don't walk into a tattoo shop and go, give me the absolute most racist thing you could possibly think of. Cause they're gonna be like, no. Have a nice day. Instead, this guy was like, give me two of the give most me racist times two. You'd want to do two, right? If oh not one, God. you want both, both double whammy. But I mean, you're you're at least Caucasian looking at first appearance. I don't know your heritage, but of course, you're going to get some douchebag like skinhead guy being like, oh, you're, yeah. you're cool, right? You're cool. Like you <laughs> me know. as a native lady, like, no. Oh, not. sorry. You are native. Oh, I couldn't. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I have an I have an iron deficiency, so it makes me look. It's really hard pale. to tell through Zoom. We don't we don't really know each other, so um, yeah, I couldn't tell when I first met her. So, yeah, so. then they yeah, met regardless, so like I'm dad. sure you get people who come in and they're just you know assume that you're gonna do fucked up shit like that, and that's why I was very curious, like if you had had those types of people come in. No, yeah, it's that was only really the the one mm -hmm. I. <laughs> Or like discounted cover-ups for stuff like that like people really judge like you they they pay their price by they should just wear that forever like i don't believe in that mindset like if they want to get rid of it that's an active effort to get rid of something hateful and i think that should be rewarded on some level like yeah people oh definitely acknowledge mm -hmm. um to completely deny someone a service mm -hmm. is wrong in itself mm -hmm. um yeah I haven't tattooed anything overly weird yet. Like I do, I do naked ladies sometimes, but I don't think yeah, that that's, really that's not that weird. Strange. Like, mm -hmm. um, Oh, that's not true. I, in my, in my apprenticeship, I did a skull made out of burger ingredients for a there chef. There you go. <laughs> that's what and I was, it was after. Like, it was like <laughs> lettuce was the, the head and then like, I don't know. I, I guess I threw in corn for the teeth and the nice. you know, eyeballs and like knives for the crossbones. Sweet. Like, yeah, I actually want to see it. that really badly now. <laughs> that was pretty dope. Oh, that sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> when you're talking about safely doing all this, I actually like I work at the hospital in uh, sterilization. Um, mm -hmm. I actually worked overnight, which is why I'm a little bit foggy right now. But so <laughs> bear with me. But um yeah. I wanted to know, like, what is the process for sterilization in in a properly run tattoo studio? Is everything one use, one time use, or is there like, do you have little autoclave sort of instant sterilizers? I think it, I think it really depends on the shop you go to because there are still a lot of a lot of artists who are very loyal to the coil, so the machines mm. that do have multiple uses, so the big metal ones, which in in which case you would use an autoclave. Um, unfortunately I don't do that. Mine's all single use disposable. Uh, my, my cleaners are all hospital grade. Everything gets soaked after every, in between every client. I wrap my armrests. I wrap my table. I wrap my lamps. I wrap everything gets covered in, you know, anything that isn't <laughs> going to soak in the anchor blood or plasma. Yeah. Or yeah. That. That's awesome. So 
my thing is like as long as it smells clean it's probably pretty clean <laughs> yeah well it sounds like you're you're going above and beyond that's awesome Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm like, as a, as he's immunocompromised and I have asthma. So a cold could literally knock me out of the park with no effort. So mm. doing all this properly and in a basement, in a house, I kind of feel like the paranoia is just yeah. <laughs> home studios obviously have a, a, a bad rap in terms of cleanliness. Thanks mm. to all the people who are like, yeah, I watched my buddy do it one time when I was 14. <laughs> yeah. I it like, <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> frick i totally lost my train of thought there i had to actually say <laughs> something off you what you just said i spurred me i was gonna ask you something and now i'm totally fucking brain farting um well I mean, working overnight does that been there. oh dude yeah i slept like five hours today <laughs> it's uh my brain's not in a healthy spot in that regard but uh i do want to talk to you about tattooing trends because mm. i've i, I want to know first of all what's the cutting edge what's the cool things going around i know i've seen uv ink I've seen a lot yeah. of white ink, um, QR codes and stuff uh, like that. I'm just I'm very curious. Sure I haven't seen QR codes. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe I made that up in a dream. <laughs> I don't maybe. know. Well, like I've seen it, but I'm always like skeptical that they're real because video editing is a thing. Mm. Um, but the well, trends right now are like we're moving into the tiny tattoo territory okay. and more and more people are coming out with these like PSA type things like, well, yeah, your tiny tattoo isn't going to heal real good over the last two years or over two years. So you're going to have to get it touched up. And like, that's cool. Um, but I do believe that that, that trend is going to die out once people realize that they're constantly touching up these like quarter sized roses yeah. or like butterflies that are dime sized. And it's like, it, it takes an immense amount of talent to tattoo that stuff because yeah. it is so fine. And as you can tell by my goggles, that's not <laughs> where I excel. Um, I'm a bold will hold till I die. I love traditional work. So I'm like, I, I'm at my wits end in terms of tiny tattoos, like it's like tribal. It's going to be all covered up within the next 10 years or lasered off within the mm. next 10 years. Mm. Um, um, I, I only really recommend two people in my city who can actually do it really well where it sticks. And those are the only two people I will send people to. Cause I'm like, they do it well that you're not going to need a touch up in two years. But even Three if maps. you, even if you're the finest liner or however you put it, um, mm -hmm. if, if you're doing a piece that's really small, I can only imagine as you age, it's going to yeah. get distorted and fucked up regardless. Well, like, within the first two yeah. years, the tattoo grows average, like two millimeters. So yeah. like when it, when it Crazy. settles and it looks fuzzier, that's the ink literally settling under your skin. Mm. And it kind of just kind of does this. So and there's no way to get around that. Are there techniques yeah. to kind of mitigate that or no? No, no. It's just because that's where the sweet spot is, right? Because if you go too far up, then the ink doesn't stay. And if you go too far down, you're going into the fat cells. And that's where like blowouts happen, where that's mm. where like the really big fuzzy lines come into play, where you can mm. see the clear line. And then underneath, it's like really cloudy or blue or green. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Where all the ink decided to be like, what's up? I'm going everywhere. Like, <laughs> I, I've noticed with, uh, I mean, I got this one when I was really, I guess, 21, I want to say. And uh, <laughs> if, if like, if I'm in the kind of situation where I've got like goosebumps, I've noticed that like, I can feel the thicker black lines mm -hmm. have like a raised edge to them. But I always mm -hmm. wonder if that was like, meant that I got a bad tattoo or that he didn't do oh, something no. right. Or uh, that's the, the idea of a bad tattoo at this point, I think is like moot. There's no such thing as a bad tattoo. Uh, I've seen uh, some of Steve's. I don't because, know. Because the, the, there's a new style that's coming out called ignorant style. So it's like intentionally shitty looking oh, or really? like intentionally, <laughs> intentionally dumb looking. Um, Weird. And I personally don't believe there are bad tattoos. I believe there are bad tattoo artists. Mm. Uh, which in my brain, the way it works is a huge difference because you can always fix a tattoo. You can't fix a tattoo artist. Oh, that's <laughs> for the most point. part. Yeah. Uh, that's all up to the tattoo artist. Um, I'm, I'm learning because I've been in the industry since I was 17. So 15 years I've been in the industry. Damn. 
And then four years tattooing, I've seen all the trends. I've seen all like the boys club dudes come and go like, and, and all the boys club ladies who act exactly the same way, but they have boobs and stuff. So <laughs> It's more just like, I'm, I lost my train of thought too. Mine's just That's like, okay. That makes me feel way better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what, I, one trend, I, I don't know if this is really a trend, but just like a weird tattooing thing that I always thought was kind of crazy is people who get like the sclera of their eyes tattooed, like black. Oh my God, don't ever do that. Don't okay. ever do that. <laughs> yes, please give me info on this. That is... I have seen more horror stories than good ones for that. And that like the few people I've met who have tattooed their sclera have been like, I don't ever nope, don't ever. If I could take that back, I would never do that again. Because, like, They're like, yeah, I kind of regret looking like a demon all the That's time. That's a gamble I don't think anyone should take. Yeah, no, you look evil. Like, I'm sorry. It, it's not a good I mean, vibe. I can see why maybe. Some people. Like I don't wake up in the morning and choose demon. <clears throat> but some people do and you know to each their own it's just like just, it's, it hurts to look at <laughs> there's a, a body mod guy i've seen from somewhere in in like south america i want to say and he's got those but he's also i think originally he wanted to look like red skull or something like that and he put he's got oh, horns, but he removed his nose completely yeah, did, and yeah. it's it's pretty intense and and i gotta wonder like yeah but there's and a like lot of whole comic book characters to choose. Why that one? I know, right? Yeah, he's a Nazi too. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the weird part about that to me is like, there's a lot of of talk about body empowerment as there should be, uh, and mm -hmm. body modification kind of falls into that. But when you're at the point where you're chopping your actual nose off, should he be yeah, possibly seeking uh, mental therapy? I don't know. Like maybe that's not something we should be like. Yeah, I you feel go, like buddy. That is like I honestly feel like doing that is like an, an extreme mm -hmm. form of what's it, what's it called now? Um, like imposter syndrome. No, not that one where you don't feel right in your body. Mm -hmm. I can't oh, remember. This is like, body yeah. That's what it is. Um, where you yeah, literally yeah. feel like you mm -hmm. have to do that. Like I see a lot of this. Is why I stopped going on Snapchat because Snapchat like forces those stories on you and like the discover page where it's like, watch me transform myself into something I enjoy. And it's like, cool. So like, should I not enjoy how I look? What's going on yeah, here? Yeah. But it's, it's, um, it's like, you I really feel like, like your yeah, nose? some parts of it is definitely on the mental side versus like, I want to look aesthetically pleasing, like the most Nazi dude in a comic book history, like look, make me look like that. <laughs> Well, the other thing about that guy is they show like him with his wife and his kid. And I'm like, there's no way your child, no matter how well you explain it to him, is not going to think you look terrifying. <laughs> like, if you're five years old and your dad looks that like that. Going to the crib at three o'clock in the morning because his kid is crying and it just stops because he's like. <gasps> well, just let me heat up your bottle with my hellfire breath. Like, yeah. right? <laughs> it's a little dark for me, but um shit oh okay so what do you think is the next big thing on the horizon of tattooing then what do you think or what would you like to see maybe i'd like to see white ink get a better reputation because it's like it's a really good method of tattooing people who don't want the obviousness of a black tattoo like mm. um it has a henna vibe Pardon? It has like a henna vibe to it from what I've yeah, seen. Yeah. So like I, I, I specialize in it. I wouldn't say that. It's just like I like doing them because the goal isn't to have a tattoo for everybody. It's a tattoo just for that person. Yeah. Um, because it's never going to heal white ever. It just heals to a few tones lighter than your skin. So it's more like a decorative little scar. Mm. Um, Without having to so get a brand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of my biggest clients who gets mostly white tattoos, she got because she wasn't allowed to have darker tattoos because of she was like the CEO of a big garbage company, which she's not anymore. So now she's obviously getting all the all the dark ones. But she's like, it's good that you offer something like this for people who can't necessarily get such visual tattoos, yeah. like job stoppers, for example, like on their hands and stuff. What's that called? Sorry, if or you get in like, it's just like it's 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 a job stoppers is what job stoppers okay yeah job sorry stoppers, okay yeah. well I used to eat gobstoppers the candy all the time yeah. and that's what I thought you said <laughs> I was like oh gob I could go for a gobstopper right now <laughs> uh. <laughs> but yeah no or like 
I'm really enjoying the, the, the blast overs where it's like people have existing sleeves underneath. So they end up getting just black work mm. designs over top so that you can still see the original sleeve in between all the lines and stuff. Oh, weird. I think that's a really cool way of dealing with tattoos. You don't want to look at anymore versus like, I want to sit through 25 sessions of laser therapy. Like, well, I was going to say, how do you, how do you, how, well, how do you, both of you feel about cover-ups versus laser removal? Um, yeah, maybe I let mean, Tony feel this one. I feel like person. I'm leaving you out. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. Um, uh, I feel like it depends on the person real, realistically, um, because every tattoo has its own story. Um, and we don't really know if there's maybe a, a really negative history with that story or something like that. So maybe lasering is the better option for that person, or um, maybe there is no negative situation. So and then, they're just like, I just want something else. Yeah. So then so there's, yeah. there's no like negative stigma in the tattoo community of like, Oh, you got lasered. Like we could have, we could have covered that. Oh, no, up with gosh, no. Okay. no, no, no. Uh, most, most shops will actually actively encourage it, especially if it's older, darker pieces, we will oh, say, you know, maybe one or two sessions of laser might get the ink up enough that we mm. could cover it safely without risking the original tattoo coming up underneath. Um, I would think it would be really stupid and <laughs> for a tattoo artist to be like, oh, you got laser. Like that person obviously has more skin for more tattoos, which means more money to spend. So like, why would you shit on that? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I have a question. This is a little bit uh, subjective, I suppose, but I've heard a lot of people argue about the most painful place to get tattooed. And I also feel like you kind of have to have gotten tattooed all over your own body to even really speak to that. But mm -hmm. um, what would you guys kind of weigh in on that? What is the, the most, you know, brutal I'll let spot? You speak on this yeah, he's one. not as covered as me. Um... <laughs> mm. No, but you've I... probably both seen reactions of people getting, but again, I, I suppose the reactions are very varied depending on the people but yeah. yeah um personally my my spot i can't stand is the top of the foot i have a daffodil for my grandma on the top of my foot and that's just gonna fade into a turdy looking brown blob because <laughs> never again will i sit through that um and, and that's I just because like wearing shoes and socks i guess just gets rid of feet it was the thing. worst hour of my life getting it done like you can't wear shoes after my foot was like three times the size than it normally was like i couldn't walk i couldn't even wear flip-flops which is like my thing whoa <laughs> um, but this is coming from someone like i literally tattooed my own cuticles i've tattooed what? my own fingers <laughs> my own shins my own knees i've tattooed the top of my own ankle like wait how do you tattoo your cuticle <laughs> yeah you went under the nail oh okay so right by okay i thought you meant like On you top, somehow yeah. got under your nails <laughs> Some of the, one of the, a couple of them i did because like i had like i was a machine and it like bounces off your knuckles so oh. i was like feels it felt like <laughs> setting my fingertips on fire after slamming them in a car door like it was awful well they look lovely i'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll say that at least i know you, you clearly endured some pain on those ones but yeah that oh, uh, looks really cool Oh, thank you. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it is actually very subjective. I think if I were to go off of, of in my experience tattooing over the last four years, I'd say inner bicep team seems to bother most people. Yeah. That uh, sounds like, like a bad, like up in yeah. towards the, the armpit. Is I've heard never the ribs are pretty bad as well. Um, I can't so say because I personally didn't find it that bad. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, and I have like both behind my knee ditches done. Like those were a walk in the park in comparison to the top of my foot. Wow. Uh, well, some people do like in the lips and like, there's pretty much nowhere that hasn't been tattooed. I want to say at this point. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing the eyeballs, I think we're done. Tattooed like the top of her tongue. Oh yeah. That can't last. Yeah, on, it was like a TikTok. Like she literally was tattooing her tongue. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> Ink smells gross. I can't even imagine what it was like to have it on your tongue. And would that damage your taste buds permanently, potentially? Absolutely. You would yeah. be like ripping it open. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Some people. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, this is a fun question because uh, I love looking through your stuff. I've followed you for a while now, but I really love your Simpsons tattoos. 
Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I think actually at one point you were asking for suggestions and I said the gremlin on the side of the bus. And I think you ended yeah, up doing that. I'm doing that next Saturday. I want to say I'm doing the gremlin next Saturday and he lives on a guy. He lives. He actually got the crusty. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, he got two of them. He's coming. The gremlin kind of looks yeah. like crusty, actually. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> He's right? so adorable, I think. They all have the same mouth. It's like yeah, they have the Homer mouth, like Homer's little... mouth on everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay. So let's expand and go past tattoos here. And, and for both of you, just for fun, do you guys have a favorite Simpsons character and why? Krusty the Clown, because I love clowns. Okay. <laughs> Straightforward. <laughs> straight shoot. Well, he's hilarious, though. Yeah, right. Um. I'm just going to say Bart only because I, I only really real watched, original. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I only watched the Simpsons up until I think maybe I was like 12 or 13. And okay. 13 the good years. Now. Um, so that was quite a while ago. I haven't really yeah. watched the Simpsons. I can't say I've seen a new Simpsons since like Michael Jackson was on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty old. But uh, if you if you listen to the Simpsons community, most of them say that uh, after season nine is garbage. Yeah. Uh, oh, so okay. basically the period you watch is like the golden years and <laughs> the golden. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're on a, a season 34 or something now. Yeah, I was going to say there's like 30 years of the Simpsons to watch <laughs> and like I can barely get through one season of a new show. And those are only six episodes now. So. Yeah, I know. That's the adult thing, right? You're, you're supposed to have all the freedom. And then you're like, I don't have five minutes to watch a fucking show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is literally the most free time we've had in like months at this point. Yeah. But that's good. That means you're grinding and you're doing what you love. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you guys don't have kids yet, right? <laughs> you don't Pardon? have kids? No, oh, no, no, we're not kid people. No. Oh, okay. So never going to have kids. Interesting. Oh, I, I, if I could donate my functioning bits to someone who could use them, I absolutely mm -hmm. would in a heartbeat. That's kind of beautiful. <laughs> like, no, I mean, cause use it. I was fun. just about to say that I've heard many people who say they're never going to have kids. And then I see them at a party a few years later and they're like, meet Travis. <laughs> so I always kind of hold that in the back of my head, but you guys both seem very kind of clear and adamant. Like we've talked about it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, like, cause I, I was married for eight years and yeah. it, it was like very Fair. straight towards the end because I was very adamant that I'm like, no, mm. that's nine months of my life that I would never get back. So yeah. no thank you. Um, on top of like all the health issues I have and like mental illness runs in my family. So like, why, why would I make that choice? Yeah. Um, I even talked to the gynecologist about just like taking it all out. And they literally said that my partner has to sign off on it just in case he wants kids. <sighs> oh, but if he did, then they can do that. They can just take it. Oh yeah. All... Oh, yeah. Well, well, they're, oh, they're I, concerned. I didn't know you could get like a, uh, willing hysterectomy. I thought it had to be like, you know, or you just... Oh, yeah, it's either... It's either Sorry, man... I wasn't planning on talking about this, but it's interesting. Well, yeah, right? it's either the, the, like, the man has to sign for it or you basically have to be dying. Mm. And I'm like, what if I just don't want to deal with it? Yeah, why does mm -hmm. the man have to sign for it? That seems a little right? bit uh, sorry, ancient. I'm sorry, he's not that's growing a watermelon-sized yeah. creature inside his body. Like, yeah. why? Yeah. You have a say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird that the man has to sign off. But I say that as, like, the states are trying to reverse Roe v. Wade. So, like, I guess I can't be that surprised. But, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other I, conversation. Jesus Christ. Right? Oh, my gosh. And the amount of dudes who weigh in on that is just, like... Yeah, I, I honestly even feel bad bringing it up right now because usually if I say anything, it's like, ain't my business. <laughs> like, well, that's what we right, should all be. You, the podcast host, like, like, maybe we should switch topics. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, I think discussion is important, but at the same time, when it comes to that yeah. topic, I'll, I'll basically bow out it. I don't have a uterus. Um, it's not really my call, you know, <laughs> but you know, a bunch of, bunch of old white dudes seem to, <laughs> seem to think that they can do whatever they want with people they've never met. Well, I've seen that, uh, parallel being drawn between a bunch of people who are like, you can't put a, like my body, my choice, no vaccine. And then it's like your body, my choice. When it right? comes to yeah. abortions. Yeah. I'm so, not going to wear a mask or get a vaccine, but you're not allowed to have an abortion. That's disgusting. <laughs> Seems wildly out of balance. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, uh, I'm sorry that abortions aren't contagious. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, there's no long term abort. Well, I guess all I was going to say there's no long term abortion, but they're all long term, which is kind of <laughs> uh, long term COVID was what I was trying to draw. Anyway, yeah. Wow, yeah. 
Maybe I'll have to edit a few things out of this one. <laughs> no, no, honestly, it's been so fun talking to you guys. Uh, I, I wanted to, I think I covered most of what I was going to ask you guys, but I did want to know like how the pandemic affected the tattoo industry. Cause it must've been pretty brutal. Like the comedy industry. It's like one of these things where you need people to make mm-hmm. it work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can't uh, switch to online for- tattoos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he uh he didn't start until after like the mess of lockdowns but mm-hmm. uh mm. i stood like the lockdown started at the beginning of 2020 um and i'm a i'm a by appointment person because i book so far out mm. pardon me holy moly that stuck up on me oh that's okay but uh it was hard because if you're not tattooing you're not making money and people are a little bit sketchy about leaving deposits and then not getting their tattoo over a certain amount of time. Um, mm. And with the lockdowns, it was like, oh, yeah, we'll pencil you in and then we'll get you in. And then it was like, just kidding. We're locked down again. Fuck all of you. Like, that's essentially <laughs> what it felt like. But like you could go to a bar and drink until 10 p.m. But I wasn't allowed to have one person in my studio with masks on and t- tattoo them. That's why. Because apparently that's how you spread COVID. It's not, it's, it's, you don't catch COVID between 10, 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. at the bar. You don't catch COVID then at all. It doesn't exist in that time frame. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. But it was like. Uh, that, actually, if I can interject, that was something that I had always said when they were trying to get the comedy clubs going again. And obviously part of me supported that. But I was always thinking at the same time, like, maybe alcohol and masks and like trying to get people to keep masks on is not a good combination right. like what are drunk people known for following yeah. rules diligently like no oh yeah like i'm sure the guy that just they hit on your wife is definitely gonna any and all inhibition or common sense yeah this will go great yeah it, it seemed like a broken system but um well i'm glad that you guys are at least able to finally be coming out of that i, I don't know you guys are in the west coast so maybe it's uh, we're probably worse in ontario i think with restrictions still but you no, guys are have, as far as I know, there aren't any here. Okay, cool. So you guys are able to tattoo back to normal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, awesome. we've actually we haven't had a lockdown since last summer. I think we locked down after Stampede for oh, like two weeks or something. And then they were like, Well, this doesn't work, so we'll just stop. And that was it, basically. They're like, well, it's the stampede next weekend. So fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> right. You can't yeah. catch COVID at the stampede. It's outside. What do you mean? <laughs> I've never been. I'm sure it's fun, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I've always thought it was weird that Canada has like like one strip that's just like, yeah, we're going to be cowboys. Like, OK, <laughs> like some and- guy came back from Texas like 100 years ago and was like, hey, these hats are pretty cool. And then it just caught on. This is very that weird. That was essentially what the, the, the West, Alberta. <laughs> cowboys <laughs> that was it Yeehaw, but now yeah. it's like now it's like the chads and the dude bros and the girls with jean skirts who are just like i have a cowboy hat i gotta have a kokanee box so i'm a cowgirl <laughs> <laughs> so we avoid downtown for those 10 days because it's like the tourists come out of the woodwork and they are yeah. a nightmare and it's just like my old place of employment was downtown like two minutes away from the stampede ground. So you'd get the drunkards coming in being like, I want a tattoo of a horseshoe on my ass. And we'd be like, stumble your ass out of the door and have a nice day. Like, bye. If I hear yeehaw one more time, I'm going to stab somebody. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm going to throw hands. Yeah. yeah. Yeehaws and yeet and whatever else. Oh my do. gosh. Yeah. yeah. And then the sex tapes and all the littering and they literally like gather up all the homeless people downtown and like ship them off somewhere so that you don't have to deal with the homeless. And it's just like, wait, is that actually a thing? Oh yeah. Are they you kidding me? The like, corral people. And Oh yeah. You won't see homeless people around downtown Calgary with stampedes around. They're like holed up in the drop-in center and alpha house and in from the cold and like the... the Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of hoping in some way that if this is happening, there's a guy on a horse kind of just like, all right, right, what was he on? And he gets them into the the pen. Oh my God, that's terrible. (laughs) I think it's it's more like it's it's something the city does to keep up appearances for Mm. Stampede. Mm. That's um, dirty. That's a dirty move. Weird that all the buskers come out in the from the woodworks and they'll they'll go out and busk on the outside entrances and whatnot of the stampede, but you won't see any homeless people anywhere, like mm-hmm. anywhere. 
That's brutal. There's like some guy dying from a heroin overdose and there's just a guy juggling in front. Like, no, nothing to see here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I think that's why they. they... Well, we'll have have to look it up and see what they actually do. But yeah, during the summertime, during Stampede. Yeah, you don't see them around very often unless you're in like the drop in center or the safe injection site, which is all kind of the same area downtown. Mm -hmm. Mm. The not so yeehaw places. Working down there though. What was that? Uh, the not so yeehaw places. Yeah. The not yeah. so yeehaw places. This is not yeehaw enough. This is very <laughs> <laughs> kind of a bummer. The vibe is not yee or ha enough for no, me. No, exactly. Well, well, oh my God, I don't know. I got actually, I guess, just one more question at this point, which is the season three question I've been asking everybody, which is uh, if you weren't doing what you're doing for a living right now, what would sort of be your dream job? Or if it's easier to answer, what did you want to be growing up? Hmm. I'd probably be a barista. Like I've always wanted to open my own cafe. Oh, nice. I've always wanted to have the fancy Lummer Zoko machines and like <laughs> have a, have a place where people can come listen to vinyls and read and listen to like music on whatever station that's open and just drink coffee and hang out. Nice. That's probably what I would do. I'm really good at latte art. So mm-hmm. yeah. Why not use that skill? If you've got it in your repertoire <laughs> and Tony, uh, yeah. Um, I would say dream job would probably be owning a, a music studio for, for music oh, nice. and songwriters and just music people, yeah, uh, musicians. Music. <laughs> Are you a musician? Oh, you do percussion, uh, right? Um, I, I actually, um, I started with guitar. Okay. Um, wasn't a band when I was a teenager, nothing major, nothing big. <laughs> um, and then also kind of learned how to play the drums a little bit um i do have a cajon which is yeah i've the, seen a video uh, of you the, jamming out yeah yeah and that was the one you posted yeah we right? did the the instagram lives and whatnot we do nice. that on the website yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and but for 10 years i was a dj and and music producer um, awesome in winnipeg so um i did that for for a while and then kind of left that away and now we're here. <laughs> Dream job would be uh, running a studio for sure. And what did both of you guys want to be growing up? I'm kind of curious. <laughs> I wanted to be a morgue technician. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Little Wednesday Adams vibe, but okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have braids. So. I, I know. I went for the obvious draw there. Yeah. <laughs> and probably the cosplay that I did at Comic-Con a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. That must be in my subconscious <laughs> with the guys from Clerks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, for me, I, I think it's it was always an astronaut as far as I can remember, because uh, I've always loved space. Reach for the stars. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Land at the moon. Land at the moon. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yo, this was uh, so fun. And thank you actually for just educating me on so much stuff. I might actually get another tattoo and I feel like I know a little more going into it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for having us on. Yeah, of course. All fun. the best to both of you. And uh, don't be a stranger. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> we'll do a digital high five, I guess. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> all right take it easy you guys see ya see ya